Do you have like a plan? Because I have not. Zero plan, and I think that's actually. The... <laughs> I think I think we, right. I say we just wing it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the first episode. So I guess it's not really welcome back, but welcome to the first episode of the PonderCast. I don't know how to start this, but, you know, I guess we'll just wing it. It'll be it'll be an adventure for all of us. I would like to start out at least um, asking. And this is something I guess we both kind of noticed as our lives have moved to the place where we are now which is not necessarily super old and wise, but definitely at a place where we have a significant amount of experiences under our belt. Um, and we're just starting to kind of experience life on our own a little bit. Uh, and I feel like that has, you know, in no small, small part due to, well, the things that have happened uh, in our past and kind of experiences um, that have shaped who we are today and i think that's something that a lot of people neglect to give credit to is kind of where they came from and their roots so i guess what i'm saying is what do you think the pivotal moments have been for you in becoming the person you are now but i guess before you talk about the pivotal moments that created you as a human being you should probably give a rundown of who you think you are at this point that was a question that i was not expecting <laughs> us to cover yeah well we're all about new experiences so well shoot. gosh that is a big question i am trying to figure that out slowly it's constantly changing but as are we all <laughs> i think that right now i'm still very introverted and i have trouble taking risks sometimes um but I'm trying to push myself out of my comfort zone and get used to some new experiences, even if they seem a little scary at first. I feel like, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think at least I can relate to that, whereas the current state of where we're at definitely feels a little bit incomplete because we're all kind of moving towards a trajectory. Um, so I guess the natural progression of that is who do you see yourself as in your mind's eye and i mean that's kind of what has driven me to shape myself into the person i am right now is i've kind of pictured this person in my brain and that's who, what i think of myself or at least what i think of the ideal version of myself and then i kind of move towards that and even though i'm not there it certainly brought me into some interesting territory that's interesting. Yeah, I definitely feel like I have a picture in my mind of who I want to be and I'm working towards that, but just not quite there. Springing your own question back onto you, what, what is, is the image one? of yourself in your mind right now? <sighs> Here's the thing, right? And it may sound a little bit pretentious or mm -hmm. conceited or, you know, whatever, but honestly, who I see myself as, I. I try to live my life as if I'm the protagonist of some grand story in the way where if I were somebody who was watching a movie about my life, I would want that guy on the screen to be something that everybody could relate to um, and some somebody that even though he doesn't necessarily always make the right decisions, 
he's always moving towards the right place. So I guess the short answer to that question is somebody who's willing to accept their mistakes as part of their growth process. Because that's really all entertainment and movies and TV and books is all about. It's about somebody who wasn't somewhere and then reality kind of hit them in the face and they became somebody better. It's really crazy that you mention it because all of the moments I was thinking of that like shaped who I am today all had to do with what at the time I considered were mistakes in my life. I would say the first one that I can think of was in eighth grade when I decided that I was going to switch schools mm. and yeah, I went from Redwood, which is the school you went to too, and yeah. I switched to a slightly larger school. It was still pretty small, but all of the kids there had grown up together as well, and they had their own groups, and um, it was really hard for me to connect with people, and I wasn't expecting that. Especially when I had gone to one school for most of my life. Yeah. I had never realized that I was a shy person because I was so comfortable around everyone at the school. So I when, when I was in this new environment, I was pretty regretful that I had made that decision. Um, yeah. Because it had put me in such an uncomfortable situation. But looking back on that experience, I definitely feel like that year I really grew a lot as a person even though I was unhappy with the choice that I had made. Yeah, and honestly, I, I would say the same thing, where it's like, sometimes there's a lot of things, like I do this mental exercise where I think, oh man, and I'm sure a lot of other people do it, but I look back and I play a game where I'm like, if I could go back in time, if I, if I was able to send all of my memories and all of my experiences all the way back to any certain point in time what would I change and honestly a lot of the things that I regret on a surface level and a lot of the things that I think you know I would definitely change those things and if I was back then I would have definitely done them differently are a lot of the main things that constructed the person I am right now and all of the things I um, like about myself and all of the things that I feel like changed in a good way about myself. Um, but yeah, I think it's really interesting that you mentioned the whole switching school thing because on the topic of, you know, what do I feel like was probably one of my biggest regrets and what I definitely would have done differently in the past was I definitely would have not um, push to homeschool. That's definitely not something that um, I would want to do nowadays. Which is funny because it seems like <laughs> in the current situation we've all been forced into a sort of <laughs> school, home, work, home relationship. Which is really awkward and I think that I was really uncomfortable with it for a lot of the same reasons that you know many people are uncomfortable with it now which is like where do you divide work and home you know but yeah I definitely would have gone back and changed that but then when I think about the person I am today um, a lot of the experiences I had 
um, with having to learn, you know, self-motivation and, you know, self-control and all of those <laughs> good things that um, you usually have to learn, you know, around people and later in life or whatever, I was forced to learn kind of on my own. And I definitely think that was in some ways a really good experience. Right? Yeah, a really long answer to a... <laughs> Well, I think it's interesting that you ended up going with homeschool because I made the opposite decision. For the longest time, I was fully set on being online schooled. I had even, mm. um, I think I was almost done with the online application and I was set on going to online public school. And I think it was maybe two weeks before school was starting when I had, I honestly don't know what inspired me to look up um, the nearby schools in my area, but for some reason I had this weird feeling about choosing to be online schooled, and I decided to check out some of the schools around the area um, with the possible intention of maybe going to a normal public high school. Yeah. And at the time, it was one of my biggest fears because this sounds really stupid and judgmental, but I had been raised with this idea that public school was an awful place filled with awful people and that it was a horrible education and all of these other ideas. But I eventually decided that it would be a good decision for me and it would allow me to socialize with people and learn that skill better because I knew that I had a deficit in that and I dropped my application for online school and that was a huge moment in my life. Like I honestly don't know where I would be right now if I had decided to do online school instead yeah. of high school. And so I think you touched on a really important thing right there because it, both both you and I have some experience both in the in the public side of things and in the private school side of things which is i think a very unique situation and and one of the things that i've noticed kind of contrasting the two is that one of the things you miss in a private school is definitely it, well it's a certain level of social skills that you miss it's like you're separated um from a lot of the types of people you'd uh, meet you know at a normal school and I feel like at a certain point that can be very damaging if it's not treated in the right way because you're raised with this separatist mentality um, and this thing where it's like oh I don't kind of mingle with the riffraff you know um, I don't I don't settle things by force you know oh these public high schools oh fight fights break out every week oh I don't want to be around that you know but then when you actually go there you realize oh geez these are just normal people and i was the one <laughs> you know who people probably didn't want to be around <laughs> yeah definitely and then you it start to really... realize oh yeah oh no it's fine <laughs> i was it's fine. gonna say go. um and then you start to realize why private school gets such a bad reputation yes yes there i had this idea that um, for some reason, kids in private school were just smarter than kids in public school. And I remember going to public school and sitting in math class and just realizing 
that there were a lot of kids in the room who were a lot smarter than me. And I think that was really important too, because um, when I was younger, I had always been like one of the smartest kids in the yeah. class. And um, as much as I like to believe it didn't go to my head, I think that it really did over several years. And when I got to public school and was exposed to people who were smarter than me, I think it was really humbling and important that I experienced that. Yeah, no, when you, when you, when you go into a large pool of people, you get a broader spectrum of people, if that makes sense. It's like, you get the top end with, like, people who are way smarter than you, um, and who have, like, a lot more perspective than you do, and you also get, you know, yeah, the range is just a lot wider, because there's a lot more people. And I also think that that is very important because when you're in a private school, you know, it's not a lot of people around you. You don't get to meet a lot of different kinds of people. So you don't get that perspective and you don't get that, in, in my personal belief, that necessary connection and that necessary development. Um, that you would normally otherwise get around all these different types of people. Like, you wouldn't learn how to interact, I guess, in the same way. Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons to each, but I would agree that public school has been better for me, socially and even academically. I didn't really notice too much of a difference, to be honest, between the learning at private school and public school, um, the only largest difference that I noticed was the class size. Yeah. Um, and other than that, the subjects that we learned were practically the same. Yeah. No, I, 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 I honestly like bigger class sizes better. <laughs> but that might just because be because like I like a lot of people. I really like being around a lot of people. Um, but also, yeah, I think... I think the academics, yeah, there's not much of a, a change, except that I will say public schools require their teachers to be accredited, um, whereas a lot of private schools um, don't necessarily have teachers with, you know, the correct qualifications to actually teach the subject, which may actually lead to a lower um, a standard of education. Good point. Um, but I can't knock everything about private schools, honestly. I mean, they're there for a reason. I mean, because like, at a certain point, you realize there's the same type of people everywhere you go. True. And if you're trying to run away from, like, a certain type of person, you're just going to be running away from them into more people that act like the exact same way. <laughs> That's a good point. There's really not too much of a difference in terms of culture between different schools. Yeah. It's hardly noticeable and it's honestly like small things. Certain pop culture stuff can spread more at one school than another, but yeah. Like it's still apparent in all of them. 
let's even take this as an example, right? Because uh, in, in my view, and this might be a faulty definition, but my understanding of what a culture is, is it's like kind of a web, right? It's the, it's the mixture of ideas of everybody within a group, right? So like if you have a lot of different schools from a lot of different areas, there's going to be different people for those different areas, generally. Um, and each of those areas is going to have a slightly different culture. But if everybody from those schools is also mingling with people across the country because they have, you know, the internet and they've met people across the country um, or people from other schools or, um, you know, people from work or even their own family, uh, a lot of those ideas are going to rub off onto them. And a lot of um, ways of doing things will definitely transfer over, thus changing their own ideas and then kind of, you know, overall changing the culture of the school little by little. So even the fact that we're able to talk, even though we're <laughs> across the country, that's even a testament to, you know, well, we can share ideas from this far away. Oh, what's stopping, <laughs> you know, millions all over the country doing the same exact thing? Wow. That was a very, very amazing way of explaining that. But yeah, the internet is... Thank you. <laughs> It really is like a whole different culture if you think of real world culture and then also the internet as well. It's weird how yeah. you can almost just go into a completely different world when you pick up your phone. Yeah. It's just, it's really crazy. One of, <laughs> one of the funniest things, right, that I saw was... So I, I was really I'm I'm I am really into memes. I love memes. Memes are great, dude. I kind of waste my life, honestly, a little bit. But you know we're not <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that part. Um, but one of the one of the funniest and I guess um, one of the viewpoints on on memes that made me think a little bit was that memes are just an inside joke for everybody on the internet <laughs> and i oh, it hit me i was like damn <laughs> you're right but and then i thought about it a little more and i was like no that's like exactly what they are that's that's exactly what a meme is it's just an inside joke um that a certain group of people on the internet you know, understand a little bit more than other people and then when go when it goes mainstream it's not so funny anymore because it's not such an inside joke um <laughs> and that happens because people repeat it you know over and over into oblivion and i think about that a lot sometimes it keeps me up at night because i think you know <laughs> that can happen like that where one person knows about it and it becomes an inside joke and then they put it on the internet and some other people think it's funny and it becomes an inside joke among a larger group of people. And then once everybody knows about it, now culture's changed. And then these people move on to something else. And then it happens all over again until culture slowly changes and evolves. And I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, no, that's not just memes. That's everything. That's all ideas. You know, somebody comes up with something and they think it's pretty cool. And then some other people catch on to it. And then it goes onto the internet and spreads like a disease. 
or a wildfire, whatever. I probably, that was in bad taste, um, considering current situations. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's definitely interesting, the pattern in which these things spread. I feel I like mean, the internet definitely, oh, no, oh, okay. I feel like the internet definitely makes change happen a lot faster. I can't really speak from experience because I'm not that old, but I just have this, I'm not sure if it's true, but I have this idea that things are changing a lot faster than they used to. Yeah. And that might be because of the internet, ideas can spread a lot quicker and yeah. Well, I mean, news updates travel in a fraction of a second nowadays. True. So, um, it would be faster. natural that if information travels faster, thinking kind of happens a little bit faster. Maybe not on a micro scale, but kind of on a macro scale. On a wider, wider interconnected network. Like, if you're thinking of it from that standpoint, it, it would make sense that, you know, if information travels faster than you know, the processing of that information might, you know, happen faster. And even if the processing itself doesn't happen um, faster, the overall system is, would generally speed up, I would think. But it's interesting as well, like, how, how ideas spread. Because ideas like that are kind of ideas that would have already spread. Because it's like, somebody posts an idea that they think about um, and they want it to get like a lot of traction. Let's say somebody somebody puts a lot of work into something and they, they post it on the internet and they want it to get a lot of traction. And it doesn't. It gets maybe two views, right? They're like, oh, this is going to get me famous. This is going to change the world. Um, and then it gets two views and they're like, oh, well. Yeah, it was kind of anticlimactic. I put a lot of work into this thing and, you know, didn't really go very far. And then you look at somebody else that, you know, uploads maybe a joke that they didn't expect to get so much traction. <laughs> now millions of people know about it and, uh, yeah, it reflects badly on them because, oh, it was just a joke. <laughs> but, uh, now millions of people have seen it and millions of people have their own opinions of that. <laughs> and maybe it was something that they really only posted so that their friends could see it. <laughs> But it turned into this, like, some sort of movement. I don't know. Uh, I'm not saying anything about it specifically, but... Somebody drew a frog, a really crappy frog, and they posted it on the internet. And then it gained traction as a meme, and then, because of that, got branded as a hate symbol. <laughs> Interesting. Um, it's just funny that somebody can put you know, zero effort into something and it'll accidentally gain traction that they didn't didn't wish it to. And then some people will you know, put their heart and soul into something and work at it. But then <laughs> it'll go absolutely nowhere. Um, yeah, it's really weird how the things that pick up sometimes are completely random. Yeah. But I mean, I guess that's just kind of the nature of not even just the internet in general, but like society as a whole. I, I think about the worst sense we as people have is 
knowing what other people like and knowing what other people want. Why do you say want. that? Well, it's like I could I could think all day about you know how to perfectly market something, and I could be completely wrong. There's entire like studies on and like schools of thought dedicated to decoding, you know, what people want in a mass population. That's true. A lot of the marketing stuff that I've learned in school, at least, has been really based on stereotypes and generalizing a population, which yeah. isn't always very accurate. Yeah, to a certain degree, um, generalization is how we survive. Um, but then if you get onto, like, if you take that way too far, you know, it, it becomes its own downfall. Yeah, so along, I guess I would add on to that, along with knowing what people want, I guess the broader umbrella thing would be humans are just really bad at predicting things in general. It's a good point. Prediction. Yeah. Prediction is <laughs> not our strongest suit. Everything is so spontaneous. Now that you mention it, like yeah. pretty much everything is left up to chance, at least to some degree. Yeah. I mean, you can have a solid plan. I think it's good to have a solid plan. Mm -hmm. um, because when things change, you can at least adapt that plan, and you're not completely right. caught off guard. But for the most part, you can't really plan your entire life because things come That's up so that true, you would never, yeah. you know, expect. I have that problem because... I'm always trying to plan everything down to like the hour and just keep track of everything and I can't be that person who's very spontaneous and just goes with the flow. Like I always have to have a plan, but I've realized that planning is good to a certain extent, but after you reach a point, it just becomes useless because you're going to have to end up changing it. Uh, you can't really control everything, although that would be nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I wish I could control everything, man. I wish I could <laughs> just be God. <laughs> <laughs> that would be That'd pretty be cool. Sick. <laughs> Don't know what I would do with that power. <laughs> I think I'm a little too simple to use it in the right ways, but... <laughs> um. No, yeah, I agree. It's just... You know, we as human beings have a lot of grand ideas about how things are going to turn out or, you know, sometimes get really depressed at the way we think things are going. But, you know, different things happen every day. Like, I would say I never saw this whole global pandemic thing happening. That's not anything I thought was going to happen. That's, I, I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind as even a possibility. I was just walking along one day and I was like, you know, I, I looked down at my phone and I was like, oh boy, yeah, a new virus. It's like, well, that's pretty cool and I forgot about it. <laughs> and then, lockdown. And I'm like, whoa, that's, uh, should probably read Same more news. Same thing happened to me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and it's it's and now we're here and our entire lives have changed because of something we never saw coming. It's crazy. It was not predictable. No way. Um No. So I think it would be foolish to try and predict more crap, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I'd say, yeah, it's good to have a plan, but also just chill and go with the flow, you know what I'm saying? Yes, for sure. Because there's definitely um, something to be said for the most probable outcome, and there's definitely something to be said for being prepared for certain situations, but it just goes to show that life's probably not as depressing, because it's like, not everything's so cut and dry, not everything's so linear. We're not all just set on the same path. And our lives aren't just going to be the same thing over and over again. That's a good way of looking at it. But yeah, I, I, but I also think that it's okay with, you know, in light of you know the chaos that's going on right now. I also don't think it's a bad thing <laughs> to to make our lives a little more boring in the future. Yeah, that would be nice. There's been. A lot of surprises lately. Yeah. I was like, yo, can we shake things up a bit? And then things got shaken up and I was like, wait, no. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember sitting in class right before, what was it? Winter break, I think? Yeah, and no. Spring break? It must, yes, it was spring break. Right before spring break, the last day of school, and one of my teachers was explaining to the class how there was a chance that because of coronavirus, none of us would be coming back and we'd do online school. Oh yeah? And I remember, I remember thinking, that's ridiculous. There's no way that school is going to be shut down for the rest of the year. No, and yeah. And it happened. Yeah. I guess it's just the lesson here is that, you know, nothing is as boring as we think it is. <laughs> We can't predict anything, but it's also stupid to not have a plan. <laughs> because if you don't have a plan, you do get caught off guard by these things. Well, I guess that is where we should end off the episode. It's it's been fun. Um, I definitely think we talked a lot of, about a lot of good things. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Um, who knows what kind of links will be in the description, so maybe maybe go down there, pop down there, and explore a bit. I, I don't even know at this point what's going to be down there, so, you know, it's like a mystery box. You know, maybe we'll do, we'll do a description unboxing video sometime in the future. Who knows? Ooh, but anyway, like that idea. this has been the first episode of the PonderCast. Thank you guys for watching, and we will see you, hopefully, in the next one. Um, yeah, I don't really know how to... Is there a good outro for this? <laughs> I have no idea. Alright, bye. <laughs> seemed, seemed good enough for me.